Hello, and welcome to Open Brief, a podcast from some of the most creative minds in the world. I'm Lucy Dwyer, and I'm here with co-producer Mimi Munoz to introduce today's episode. Hi, everyone. Before we start, a little bit about Open Brief itself. We started this podcast as a way to hear from our people about topics that most intrigued them. That's right. We essentially wrote an open brief and sent it to our network and had the most chaotic ideas come back to us. So we did the only thing that makes sense in a creative environment. We leaned in. As Dan Wyden once said, chaos is the only thing that honestly wants you to grow. The only friend who really helps you be creative. The chaos in today's episode is super wholesome, maybe even hard to find at first. We asked our hosts, WK strategist Rex Wedham and special guest Benson Wink, how they think chaos shows up in an episode about pickleball of all things. Their response? Quote, inclusive communities tend to be more chaotic than exclusive communities. Think Soho House or Equinox. There's beauty in the chaos because you have less control over the manifestation of it all. We love the randomness of it. End quote. Well said, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy the episode of Open Brief. Hey everyone, I'm Rex, Rex Nwedem from Portland, Oregon. Been living in New York the past six or so years. Not a pickleball expert, neither of us really are, um, but we are heavy pickleball enthusiasts. Amazing. I'm Benson. Hello. I'm also born in, in Oregon, uh, living out here in New York, and I'm a pickleball fanatic. Yes. Um, two enthusiasts. And so what happens when you put two enthusiasts in the same room to talk about pickleball? Um, we can just talk about it for hours probably. But I think a good place for us to get started is just us talking about how we found this sport um, and what makes it so important to us. Yeah, I think like for me, pickleball uh, kind of popped into my life Um in, during the pandemic, actually. So I was living in New York. The news strikes. It's coming. It's big and it's bold. Very sort of traumatic, obviously, moment. My partner and I dipped out to Wisconsin to stay with some friends out in the sort of middle of nowhere um, in a cabin. Um, and we were we were planning on being there for a week. And we ended up staying nine weeks. And over the course of that nine weeks, we started playing pickleball just on the like a mini kind of makeshift court to sort of pass the time and, and get active. Funny enough, their parents who were staying with us at the time, shout out Sandy and Paul, um, both in their 60s, introduced us to the game and kind of explained the rules and were also like light years ahead of us in terms of skill. Right. And just sort of like, yeah. So it was basically in that moment uh, out in, in Wisconsin, um, sort of discovered the game and, and sort of saw how it was multi-generational, multi, it was approachable if, depending on your skill set, um, and it kind of sparked the initial curiosity about the sport at large. For sure. Similarly, I started pickleball in high school. My high school football coach, shout out Steve Pine, introduced us to pickleball, and I thought it was like this old man game. Never played again since high school, and then again, similarly to you, in the pandemic, was in LA, you were there too. And we went out with some friends to a pickleball park a literal pickleball park and there might have been up to like 15 16 different um pickleball courts there and the primary cohort of people there participating were all like retired folk and it was really cool just to hang out with a bunch of elderly folk respectfully um and get to know a new game and have some fun outdoor activity that wasn't like playing basketball or going for a hike um and nowhere near as like high skill level as a tennis right 
Super easy. So yeah, um, fell in love with it then, and now the rest is history. Yeah, so I think like moving on to sort of, you know, how, I guess, how we took that inspiration mm -hmm. and sort of formalized it to some degree to be a bigger part of our life back out, you know, out here in New York. Yeah. Um, we are sort of two members of this, of this pickleball crew um, called Le Pickle Pack. And shout out Le Pickle Pack. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's a, it's sort of a group out here, all sort of connected through the sport and also through, various group chats um you know there's a there's probably 40 to 50 members sort of yeah. all encompassing that have come out to play and the the formation of that group was really inspired by what i think we saw in these different arenas different uh -huh. spaces where we first were introduced to pickleback we just felt like you know especially in the summer and and kind of finding um different formats to kind of you know connect with people this one was a really fun and active one you know we could do i have this theory i have yeah. this theory right where like and it's not really a theory as much as it is like an observation on like previous facts that are relevant to us today yeah um pretty much that like after a pandemic or a huge event like that there's always some sort of renaissance right yeah. so you have like um the spanish flu that after that came the actual renaissance um after um, uh, what's it called, smallpox or something? There was something like the early 1920s or something like right around the depression. Mm -hmm. After that, we had like the roaring 20s, right? So another kind of renaissance of sorts. I think after our um, most recent pandemic, there's obviously a renaissance of various kinds, but in particular, most relevant to us is the rena renaissance of um, outdoor activity because we were so freaking like stuck in one mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. The opportunity to get outside and do something, um, how we valued that time, totally changed after the pandemic. Yeah. And I think that's what made us more willing to participate in outdoor activities that were more inclusive and shared spaces and also just like conversational spaces so that we didn't have to go to a freaking bar to meet yeah. some new people or do something fun. Um, I think that's what's so special. So it was really for us, I think, a community thing post-pandemic because yeah. I feel like the first couple of weeks we started like last spring, it was pretty low key. Maybe like seven to 10 of us would show up on a regular yeah. basis. Um, but then once the idea came out and people started seeing how easy it is and like you don't even have to have your own paddle just come in yeah. some shorts and some shoes yeah. you can come play I think somebody tried to play you in like flip flops once yeah yeah yeah. you yeah. put them to work though <laughs> um, it yeah, made it super right. easy it made it super easy for us to like build the community um, what, is, what do they say build it and they will come yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's kind of what was going on for us so that made us super keen on just like continuing the activity and sharing it with as many people as we possibly can because it's just you know, open, everyone can join. Yeah, and it's true. It's like, I think there was this like natural urge to kind of cut the BS of, of sort of pre-pandemic social settings where it can be a little small talky, it can be a little less, um, or a little bit more serious or self-serious. And, and I think like, for I think you're right, like in terms of like a renaissance of some sort or sort of a focus post, uh, sort of a, an event, kind of like a pandemic, like I think a lot of the people, especially in New York and our community and the Pickle Pack was like, we want to be around a community with as very little barriers to entry to that community, both socially, physically, like there's no dress code, you know what I mean? Like we were all showing up like Sunday mornings yeah. in, in kind of a, you know, and, and the sport and the activity sort of put us all on a different, field of play and in a way i think that 
allowed people to open up and be connected via the sport a little bit differently than maybe they'd be connected. I agree. I think the super like different part about that is the Sunday morning activity kind of thing. Um, If we're going to like relate some of these points to old people or rather, uh, what do we call them? Boomers, excuse me. (laughs) Um, I feel like for the boomer generation, Sunday morning was a hallowed day, right? Like you go dressing your Sunday's best, you go to church, that's your community environment. That's where you're sharing time, your money potentially, you know, and as well as just like building um, community-centric initiatives, whether it's like fundraising and things like that. Obviously, like we're not going to that level. Like pickleball by no means is church for us. But I think the idea of like... The joke has been made. <laughs> the joke has been made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you are definitely our pastor, but let me yeah, tell you, yeah. <laughs> if anything, the sage. Youth um, pastor, Benson. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like um, the space that Sunday provides particularly is super special because it's kind of like either you're going to go and do with your Sunday scaries mm-hmm. or it's that moment um, at the end or at the beginning of the week, how, depending on how your calendar is shaped, um, where you have an opportunity to chill, reflect, be still, um, or be a little bit active. I think getting that serotonin moving, you know, all the dopamine and all that good shit yeah. when you're um, playing pickleball is a wonderful way to either, again, end your week or start your week, however you want to look at it. Yeah, a wonderful yeah. opportunity. Yeah, and I, I think like, I think that's so true. It was a new time setting, you know, just generally in our week that we maybe not normally have taken advantage of. Maybe the traditional sort of Sunday morning thing was like a brunch yeah, and that yeah, might yeah. be slightly a little... brunch even. Yeah. Forget that shit, man. Yeah, and, and, and I think, I mean, so many sort of, I guess as strategists too, I think we might think about it like in this way where it's like these sort of disparate things converge to be a part of this story, right? Like. Yeah. Even just the idea that people are drinking a little less, like they're noticing that, you know, that kind of activity might hinder their mental cognitive abilities in a way that like they get anxious because of that, especially, you know, coming back from a pandemic and just feeling like uh, a sense of control is a little bit bigger. So it's like there's a lot of these things that kind of came together that like pickleball in the funniest way, if we're being this serious about it, like met a ton of needs where it's like we need a new social setting to meet people in an authentic way with less barriers and um, we need a new sort of activity or participatory thing that is healthier for us just as a as a group rather than like you know a boozy brunch or whatnot that might have been more of a traditional kind of way to get together on a sunday morning so i love that i love that yeah i think that's like a really great learning um especially just kind of like if as human beings we take from like past models, past examples, and apply to our own selves. Um, again, taking lessons from boomers, having those opportunities of like personal growth, shared experiences, yeah. healthier practices, of course, you know, like we wanna live for longevity um, as well as quality, right? It's not just um, quantity of years, but we wanna make sure our years in, on this earth are very quality. Um, having an activity like this is great. And then, as you said, like, this is a total aside, but I think the idea of like not encouraging, um, social behaviors that are centered around drinking, I think is also a really big thing, particularly in our friend group, because yeah. you know, shout out to like everybody who's, you know, doing their own thing for growth, whether you're sober, whether you're just trying to do less, you know, drinking drugs, alcohol, whatever, so have you. Um, pickleball has been a great outlet yeah. for people to continue being social um, and not have to worry about some sort of like, what's it called, liquid elixir to yeah. smoothen their social capabilities. It's just like, get out there and play, have yeah. a good time. Yeah, like the participation of pickleball, I think, broke down a lot of social barriers for people. Yeah. It's like, oh, now we are sort of surrounding, we're talking about the rules, we're mm-hmm. talking about the gameplay, we're congratulating the other team or your teammate on like a particular shot mm-hmm. or like whatever it might be. Like, I mean, 
congratulating people or like being like oddly joyful for when someone finally like buys their own paddle yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it's yeah. like wow that's the sick paddle like <laughs> yeah, where'd you yeah. get it like just mm-hmm. and and you're talking to someone that you may have you know rarely spent time around mm-hmm. i think one thing that is interesting about the participation part of any thing that kind of a community or culture builds around is that i mean we talk about this a lot right when we think about like skateboarding or mm-hmm. we think about like music in general to some degree like the participation is one thing mm-hmm. the skating is one thing yeah. but then the culture and community build around that participation mm-hmm. and like that's just like a great format for creating community and i think pickleball was such a great one because it wasn't like you needed to be able to ollie to feel accepted or be able to write music mm-hmm. to feel accepted like you really just had to show up and feel like you're participating yeah. at the same sort of capacity as mm-hmm. everyone else no matter skill level so right. that that's great yeah So yeah, no, which actually brings me to my next point. We've got some recordings from the people in our group. Mind you, we have a group chat. We've talked about this. Um, Our friends in our um, pickleball chat, we sent them a message asking them two questions that we wanted to see if they could contribute to our podcast episode here. Um, The first being, how does pickleball, or rather, how does the pickle pack make you feel? How does our community make you feel? And the second is, what impact do you see pickleball making to popular culture? So we've got a few recordings here. First recording is from um, our friend Luke. Luke had this to say about pickleball. How does pickle pack make me feel? I would say the pickle pack and playing pickleball on Sundays, pretty much every Sunday, rain or shine, makes me feel good. It makes me feel uh, appreciated. It makes me feel like a sense of community that I only recently started to really develop in New York, having moved here about two and a half years ago. And I've been able to grow that community faster than I really anticipated. I mean, most social interactions you have in New York at this age, or around this age, late 20s, early 30s, are through work, or through mutual friends, or through going to a bar, going out and uh, meeting people uh, in in a loud public setting and so this is just another way where i feel like i can expand my network expand my friend group really um and meet people who i may not have had the opportunity to meet or may not have had the opportunity to get close with or or to to really understand and get a closer personal connection that just isn't going to naturally happen in a public setting like a bar which is unfortunately where you meet a lot of people nowadays or around this age so it makes me feel closer to the community, closer to the people around me, closer to a larger group of people who I, quite frankly, might not have had the opportunity to become friends with. A couple solid points there. Um, I think pretty reiterative of what we were saying initially. One thing that he did mention that kind of spoke to me was um, not being in a space with loud music. Um, I don't think this is a good example of my normal talking voice because we're doing this for the cast, but um, normally I'm pretty like quiet and people <laughs> have a really hard time hearing me, understanding me. Um, I'm mumble. I'm, I'm like soft-toned, whatever. Pickleback's fantastic. Our Sunday mornings are great because it's a nice, quiet environment for the most part, other than the, the dinkage. But another thing is we have like super chill music playing the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I think that just like really helps create a special ambiance that you wouldn't have in most Sunday morning environments, whether you're going to brunch or being at home doing nothing alone. Um, I think that's pretty cool. Any thoughts on Luke's quotes? 
No, I think, I think, yeah, I think uh, you nailed it. And it's just amazing to hear. I hadn't heard that one actually. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that's just, it's cool to hear Luke. Shout out to Luke. Totally hear him on that. I think we've talked about this in <laughs> the bar setting <laughs> where it's like, let's go in the, you know, let's go outside for a second, like catch up. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. where we finally like get to really catch up with one another. Yeah. All right, I think this next one is also from Luke. For the second question, um, what impact do you see pickleball making on popular culture now and in the future? I don't know. I mean, pickleball is pretty damn similar to tennis in the sense there's a racket, there's a ball, there's a net. But it's a sport that is trying to build some sort of professional aspect to it, trying to build a competitive scene, but its roots are not terribly competitive. And so I think... The future of it is a bit unwritten, but it's ultimately gonna, going to have its time in the sun with people trying to like monetize it, professionalize it, do all that stuff. That's great. But ultimately, I think it's going like to start in the backyard and continue to be in the backyard. I think that's what pickleball is all about, is a fairly low monetary barrier to entry, unlike tennis. I feel like we can react to that. Yeah, for sure, bro. What do yeah. you want to say? No, yeah. I, I, just the point he's getting at with the fact that it's not necessarily, like the foundation is not necessarily about competition or competitiveness or for sure there's leagues out there with Ben Johns and all these people who are like highly competitive, but there's this sort of inclination that it's going to be in the entertainment space where you see, you know, the Stephen Colbert thing going on and, and whatnot. You see all these different celebrities sort of, you know, um, buying teams and whatnot. And, right. and that, you know, in one way, bring sort of credibility to the sport on a national level where it's like, this is a fun, entertaining sport for all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it might um, sort of dwindle the, the actual competitive side. I, it could just split down the middle, right? Yeah. Competitive and I mean, I like the thing he said about like, um, what was it? Like, it's a backyard sport, it should stay in the backyard. I don't, I'm, I'm all for like progression and, and growth and things expanding and everything. But um, I do love the, again, the, int- the entry-levelness of yeah. pickleball. And I feel like this is something that we just talk about so consistently in work. When you work with certain products um, or services that are just like super like common stance, right? Like they're super commoditized. Mm-hmm. It loses, no, no, no one thing can really stand out. It loses its value. So I do worry about the commoditization of pickleball mm-hmm. like in the long term. But um, I still feel like grassroots groups and organizations can still flourish um, because what I think, again, is so special about what we have and what you see around the city, especially, is um, community around pickleball. Yeah. Um, it's not it's not the sexiest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's enjoyable. Um, it's it's honestly like E for everyone. It's, it's a G-rated game. <laughs> um, and the only time it gets any little bit hairier than that is when people are like, cursing or like mm-hmm. fighting yeah. one another over a game. But I've never seen, I've never <laughs> no. seen such. This one is um, coming from Ray. I love how we naturally created a community over such a wholesome Sunday activity. It's not pretentious. Anyone who wants to learn how to play can pick it up on their first day. Short wow. and sweet. <laughs> just like her. And that, yeah, literally. <laughs> and back to just kind of that point, I think, um, I think everyone's first sort of realization is that the entry to a community that is rich with, you know, um, laughs and sunny, you know, sunny days and activity is so easy. Yeah. All right. Next one's coming from Sasha. Hi, I'm Sasha. 
the pickle pack feels like summer camp when you were 10 years old, um, but specifically one and two weeks in when you've already built your squad and your crew and you're just so excited to get out of the car and hang with your friends. I think it's so easy for social, physical activity to kind of disappear as you go into adulthood, but I think it's so amazing how easy it is for people to pick up pickleball. So there isn't that intimidation or learning curve with other organized sports. It really has a youthfulness to it that I think a lot of us lose um, touch with. I love this point because, and shout out to Sasha, who, you know, was one of the OG members too, and and someone who's like extremely good at pickleball. <laughs> and I love the thought of this kind of play mm-hmm. and this like sense of play. I feel like we're kids at heart, you know, still, and like we shouldn't be like suppressing that desire to just be outside and play. And like we're literally at Edmonds Playground in in, in Fort Greene and and we're literally, you know, playing at the very, you know, crux of it all. Like totally. we're we're out running around like playing. And I, I just think that is really the feeling that I think a lot of people miss as we as we grow older. Like our social settings are not around you know, uh, a sense of play. They're mm. around a sense of maybe they're just other things. And and this, I think, group kind of allowed for that outlet and uh, created a space where, you know, play is at the root of it, mm-hmm. but it's not overtly like, we're not like a, we go play tag or totally, something. Totally, it's totally, like, totally. it's like, uh, it's still organized, new, kind of interesting sport. This yeah. approachable. Sport. I think I think the idea of play is fantastic as well. Childlike wonder, I think, is something that we're always like chasing after. Um, the nostalgia of the old days. Everybody wants it to be like they were when they were kids, but that's just not a reality. Um, and I think like what's so cute about seeing old people play is that they're also chasing after their uh, childlike youth and just like physical activity, expressing themselves in that way. Um, there's this one quote. What's it? What do they say? It's like. Um, Youth is wasted on the young. So real, so true. And I think pickleball allows us to at least maintain some of that youthful energy and effervescence when we get to play outside and things like that. Yeah, and and just to keep going, because this is just, I love this point. I feel like the sort of joy of play for a child or whatnot feels like it comes so natural. It's like in the moment reactionary, Mm -hmm. like creativity. Mm -hmm. And that is almost what pickleball kind of provides is this fun moment of, reactionary creativity to sort of in the actual gameplay of it and when you pull that off it sparks that like inner child joy of like wow it works Uh you know it's like and that i think yeah is such a major part of of the actual participation of, Mm -hmm. of pickleball i also would have to add to that in that like when you're a kid, you're just on to the next one, always, right? And with pickleball, it's the same thing. Like, yeah. all right, they scored a point, on to the next one. You yeah. scored a point, on to the next one. Celebrate a little bit here and there, but you're never, like, too much stuck in one moment. You always got to keep on moving. Next one's from Hannah. As we've seen, pickleball has already made a huge impact on popular culture, and that culture spans all age ranges. It is truly incredible to see the level of play from people in their teens to people in their 70s. I think it's the most accessible game the world has ever seen. And I think it will only continue to feel like a community building activity that people all over the world can learn to play and do with their friends and family. I think it's it truly has the potential to bring a lot more happiness and health into the world. Big facts. Um, shout out, Hannah. Beautiful podcast voice. Should have got her here for this. Um, 
I like the idea about accessibility, but one thing I do notice, and I think this is pretty common amongst many social groups in New York City, or friend groups rather, is that like while there's representation and acceptance for everybody, all walks of life, um, I do notice that we don't really have a lot of, um, I think the proper way to call them is um, people who are disabled in one way or another, right? Um, and particularly physically disabled people. And I definitely think there's space for those people within Pickleball, but um, I think there also needs to be a level of tolerance for people who um, are setting up these groups like ourselves, right? Who like need to understand that like there's got to be something um, that's attainable for those who might be wheelchair bound or like in one way or another physically incapable of running around. And I think we do a good job of like setting up skill levels, like people who are a little bit more talented get to play together. People who are a little less talented, more there just for fun, can play together. But um, I, w I would love to see, not just within our group, but generally a, a bigger push for accessibility when it comes to physical things, not just mental, I guess, you know? 100% agreed, yeah. And that I think is like the f exciting horizon of like Pickle Pack mm -hmm. is like how it expands from that, you know, honest space of, you know, approachability and openness and, you know, that shouldn't stop at any, at, at, in any form. Mm -hmm. um, so that I think is like the evolution of this, of this crew. Yeah. And I think that's something that can definitely be applied across um, like interest groups. It's not just a pickleball thing. I think it's a very like, in a way, meta idea mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> to try and, you know, like establish a level of, um, you know, uh, applicability for anyone and everyone who's interested in regardless of like what their limitations might be. Next one, Chloe. How does the pickle pack make you feel? I love me some pickleball, don't get me wrong, but the pickle pack is about community. And it makes me so proud to get to play such a fun game with so many different types of people and meeting new people every week. And I feel honored to have that constant in my life and honored to have that sense of community. Back to that community piece, right? Shout out to Chloe, who is also a fantastic pickleball player and one of the OGs as well um, from the humble beginnings. I feel like community, of course, is like the biggest piece of that. That's the surrounding benefit of the participation that is pickleball. And, and geez, the amount of people that have just come through one, two days and been impacted or met new people or there are there every day, like a Chloe, honestly, who is there truly every day, you know, there's that sense of community. Totally, yeah, I think that's a great overarching point. RJ. The Pickle Pack offers a sense of community that I haven't felt since pre-pandemic times. The opportunity to go out with a bunch of my friends on a weekly basis and decide if we wanna be playful or competitive is one of the best parts and most inviting parts about Pickleball itself. I personally can't wait to go back out there and play doubles in the spring or summertime. And honestly, I think everybody else should want to do it as well. Come out to Fort Greene. It really is a good time. <laughs> yeah, RJ really yeah. just... You know what we should do? We should uh, pause for like an ad break. <laughs> and have RJ like uh, be the ad for our Pickleback yeah. team. But Richard's a content king. Um, yeah. I'm sure he had that one planned. Oh, I'm sure he Go wrote ahead. that one out. Mm -hmm. And he's and honestly, it's funny in every aspect of his life and down to pickleball. Like he's yeah. so formulaic mm -hmm. and, and sort of planned in a sense. And it's, I love that. I hadn't heard that one either. And yeah, I think again, it's just this playfulness. It's this out of the box place to meet people. And I think the points, uh, yeah, still are. Yeah, yeah. I think the biggest takeaways from all these sound bites is like the community aspect of it is really what brings people in. 
Maybe the game is what brings people in and the community is what makes them stay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think when we when we're hearing from our friends and, and members of the pickle pack and and hearing, you know, obviously their takes are around this kind of playful, nimble sense of community, come whenever you'd like, stay for however long, play as many games or no games, just stay for the community and, and the ambiance and, and be outside. I think what it showcases to some degree and what we found so beautiful about the community and the group was that it was defined by everyone and slightly redefined by whoever was there. If it was a bit more of a competitive group that day, it'd be kind of intense and fun in that direction. If it were a slightly less competitive and kind of maybe the day shifted, it could have been the same exact people, but the day shifted and it was more about catching up with people. Mm -hmm. There'd be less games played. And it was all okay. Yeah. And it was all sort of defined by the people who were there and the vibe that we wanted to sort of fall into mm -hmm. together. Yeah. My take on sort of how, in a way, the media can alter that is that when a far-reaching communication platform or media outlet begins to define the culture around mm -hmm. something that is like pickleball, I think it can create sort of a identity around who is a part of that defined culture. Agreed. Okay, yeah, yeah. And that may not be you. Mm -hmm. And therefore that sort of stigma or sort of representation of who's a part of the community can shy you away from a sport that you might perhaps love or, or find to be entertaining. And, and maybe that's a super kind of, a, I don't know, an odd look at it overall, yeah. but I think that was an initial fear of mine when you see uh, you know, a LeBron James or yeah. Tom Brady buying so teams and whatnot. What do you think then happens to our game? Like, maybe not even the game, but what, what do you think happens to like pickleball culturally? Like, are we in some way hipsters on account of like being on the early wave of pickleball? Or is it not even like a, a, a comparison when it comes to that kind of thing, right? So like, subculture mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> something that we talked about a lot right subcultures are things that are like not really breaking the mainstream by any means uh, maybe permeating in some ways you know my, one one famous person might tap into it or another but it's not really something that is like um taking everybody by storm but eventually it does and it starts to influence everything else you can see this like you mentioned with skateboarding yeah. or subculture where the barrier to entry is much higher than it is with pickleball but it started out as something way smaller than what it is today and mm -hmm. like it seemed kind of something that was like off the beaten path or whatever you know just like mm -hmm. for a particular group of people on the music side of things hip-hop could have been seen as a subculture when it first started right and with both of those we see that taking inspiration from several different things but hip-hop itself has now influenced everything yeah. when it comes to music pickleball combination of a few things that are pretty popular tennis ping pong i've heard people call it a little comparatives and uh, badminton and things like that very much a subculture now, starting to permeate into major culture. There's like IG pages with thousands of followers. There's um, popular people like Tom Brady and LeBron James starting to buy teams and things like that. When it becomes like part of the big thing, the big, the big major culture, mm -hmm. do you think that we lose some of like that sanctity? Or do you feel like it's just something that is um, bound to happen? Like what happens when pickleball becomes an Olympic sport? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Like it's when skateboarding became an Olympic sport. It's funny because it's like, maybe the question there in some capacity is that when we talk about the major subcultures that grew into major mainstream pieces of culture that influenced so many things from style to music, like those things, the, the origin of those 
activities, those cultures, those participate sports or arts, there wasn't this sort of frenzy of media that could find it and take it and twist it and redefine it immediately. Right? That I mean, hip hop wasn't considered music at the very origin, like skateboarding was a delinquent sport or art form, right? Like it was kind of shunned. Those were both shunned in a way that allowed it to be defined by the communities that were doing it. Mm. And not that pickleball is by any means comparable to those two incredible like cultural entities. Mm. But I think what it may spotlight is the lack of possibility in cultures or subcultures growing mm -hmm. at the same rate. The rate is what's important in my eyes. It took a long time for hip hop to find to become a mainstream right, thing. Right, right. It took a long time for skateboarding to become a part of the Olympics. Mm -hmm. And that in that time grew the subculture that mm -hmm. it is right that it was. So comparatively, I feel like pickleball is on a meteoric rise and I think in this very moment when we have, you know, social media and things, it's only, only like Catapults ever. Immediately exactly, exactly. There's less time for the communities like ours to like define it on a serious level. Like, yeah. and oftentimes the way in which the media defines hip hop, my mm. gosh, yeah. is much yeah. different it's than what than the people, the who, participatory who, who, yeah, exactly. people who yeah. are defining it. So it's, you need a runway to build a subculture mm -hmm. before like the media or the mainstream mm -hmm. takes it over. Yeah. And I think our hope with Pickle Pack was that we'd have a little bit more time. I think we can still define it how we want to, but it, a little bit more time before it started just popping off into the mainstream world. Like there's absolutely going to be teams that make money mm -hmm. <laughs> in yeah. pickleball if we're betting on you know, the data and whatnot that uh, Tom Brady or LeBron James is working with, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that is informing their, their purchasing of teams, mm -hmm. you know, that they see themselves being owners of, a, of a, the next big sport. And that happened so fast. Very fast, yeah. <laughs> so. I feel like there's definitely a level of coercion, maybe, that happens <laughs> when, the, when the media takes, takes, um, takes control of a narrative. But... Um, Power, power is to the people, right? Power is in the people. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, as a community, whether it's ours or another community of people in New York City, the United States abroad, um, wherever around the world, distant planet universe, it's really just like whoever's playing the game is really who defines it, not the talking heads at ESPN or something, mm -hmm. um, which is great. In closing, I think um, what's so fantastic about this podcast and the direction that they're trying to take it in is its relationship to the various topics that people talk about and how it connects to this idea of chaos. Um, chaos, how we define it, I think is going to be different from any other episode. But um, I think our take on chaos and how it relates to pickleball has to do with, I think, what is the central theme to what we've been talking about is that sense of community. Um, and when you look at other areas, other community spaces, um, I will use New York City relevant ones, for instance. Um, you've got a place like Soho House, right? Opulence, decadence. Um, people just out here, you know, like I'm in this space where I know it costs money and like it's exclusive and everything. There's that. There's also something like maybe a basketball city. Um, where like there's a physical activity, of course, and like there's still a barrier to entry. It costs like fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars a team to play, and you only get to play once a week. There's refs, all that good stuff, uniformed. And then you have Equinox, um, another like community type centric thing, but I feel like it's much more cultish than um, either of the other two I just mentioned between Soros and Basketball City. I think when you look at those places, they expect a level 
of organization um, and order in these things because it's exclusive. And what I think is lacking in those spaces is chaos. That level of organization um, doesn't allow for chaos because that's not what people are paying for. But inclusive communities like our own, uh, they tend to be a little bit more chaotic because um, it's not an exclusive community, right? Um, and I think that's really the beauty. That's the chaos that we have because um, there's less control. Yeah. Less manifest, and we, and we manifest something that's um, totally different. Yeah, it's, there's not a social, there's not a social structure really around it beyond sort of the antithesis of structure, which is openness to some degree. And that I think brews a beautiful sense of chaos. Like, like we mentioned earlier, it's like every day is redefined around sort of the basic pillars of community and openness, Mm -hmm. but it shifts every day, like the intensity of play, the the laughter level. Maybe people are showing up and just want to sit and drink coffee and like yeah. talk quietly. And like the unexpectedness of how an individual or a new group of people that are there that day sort of create the day, mm-hmm. I think brews, yeah, such a beautiful and unexpected new version of what you always loved, right? Like you're there because you love it and you're there because every day is a little different. Mm -hmm. And there's no, you can come as you are. And I think we are all chaotic Mm -hmm. and we welcomed that personal chaos, like your own individual chaos into the world. Like if you need to get some, blow off some steam and like if you need to just get your mind right before maybe a work day that afternoon. You have to unfortunately work on a Sunday. Like that was a space that people could come and use the community and the activity however they'd like. And it's not like you're walking in and there's a set of expectations on you. Yeah, I think a lot of people, they ain't really messing with like that level of variability that we have. Um, But I think that's why they opt for the paid experiences, the Soros's, the basketball cities, the equinoxes. Um, but we really love the randomness of it all. And I think that's what makes um, that chaotic nature of our group and this idea of just like open pickleball communities so fantastic. Open Brief is produced by Louise Woodward, Mimi Munoz, and Lucy Dwyer. It's edited by Candice Mortier and includes original music by Louise Woodward.